Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. For people that love to talk... This is a dream week for us here on Sabres Live. Extended shows. Instead of one hour, we got two each day. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. What with is Marty. Tasker and Brownie doing to, right now? They're supposed to be Feet up live. on the set. Yes. Back in Orchard Park. <laughs> We've got Mike Kelly from NHL Network here as we roll on with our draft coverage from Nashville. Mike, great to see you. This is uh, a me. super fun time because there are so many directions. And yet, as we get set for the draft, there's always jockeying for you know, trades and, you know, acquiring picks. And obviously Kevin Weeks has just uh, broken some news that Kevin Hayes will, in fact, be going from Philadelphia to St. Louis. But at this point, uh, it's for a Blues 2024 sixth rounder and likely another component. So it's kind of like sports and life. Sometimes it doesn't go as expected, right? Like Philadelphia and St. Louis wanted a bigger deal, but yeah. it doesn't look like it's going to be a bigger deal right now. Right, because of Tory Krug and not waving the no move. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it, it's really interesting. And I know, I think we should expect there to be movement ahead yeah. of the draft, ahead of round one tomorrow. Um, I was on the red carpet last night uh, talking to Barry Trotz. So this isn't, you know, secret information, but he's like, I'm, we're trying to move up in the draft. It's just, it's difficult to do. And then um, one, of the other, one of the other emerging rumors out there is the fact that Seattle, along with Montreal and Toronto, are maybe the front runners for Norris winner Eric Carlson at this point in huh. time. So that's just another layer to all this. Like, are we going to see, I mean, Hayes is a big money guy yep. from a cap hit standpoint, but there are very few that are bigger than Eric Carlson. So if that domino falls, I mean, th- these are... Yeah. These are shockwaves on draft night. No so. question. And there's going to be, a, I think, considerable salary retention in a Carlson trade, right? 50%. Yeah. Uh, it, it should be a lot. Um, what teams could use them? Like, there's, there's great fits there. Like, I... Is Florida the best fit Carolina, based on their like, injury situation coming into the fall? You know, if you yeah. don't have healthy Montour and Ekblad, like is Carlson not the most logical? Like yeah, Carlson's not so much of a rental. <laughs> no, I know, no, I know, but it, buy, price it buys right it yeah. buys you time yeah. in a market where you have just reestablished. They hope some real hockey obsession based on going to the Stanley Cup final, but not only going there, going there on a way that earned tremendous respect from across the hockey world. It the also way... depends on the return, right? Yeah, so you of course. took Kevin A's, and, and, and maybe you can speak more to that, Mike, but 
I, I think Kevin Ace still can be a productive player, mm-hmm. but at $7.1 million, that's very expensive for right. a 45 to 50-point player. Yeah. Um, but when you're any, getting it at half the price, which is what well, it looks 3. like. Well, 3.9 maybe, yeah. so there's some salary retention, and you're only giving up a six-round pick four. But, um, like, Kevin Ace, do you think he can still perform and play at a high level? And then also Eric Carlson. Was this year Eric Carlson, like, this is a one-off, it's never going to happen again? Or did you see trend with Carlson uh, that it may continue for two or three seasons? I think more that, yes. Okay. And it, like it was the highest point total by a defenseman at his age ever, right? Yeah. So it's an anomaly. It's an anomaly given his past few seasons. But like, we had him on the NHL Network a couple times as a guest, and we'd talk about, you know, what happened. Where did this come from? Yeah. Um, health was a big thing, and... I think there's a mental component as well where you go through COVID and he's had some uh, things that he's gone through in recent years and he was able to get back home to Sweden, I think for the first time since COVID last off season and see family and friends. And I think he's just in a better place. And Mm -hmm. you you know how much of the game is a mental side of the game and the human element of it as well. Um, Physically, he was in great shape finally um, as much as he can be. So I watched a lot of Sharks games this year and he controlled the tempo of the game in a way that no one else does, really. And that's peak Eric Carlson. That's what he was doing back in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Um, four years from now, like how much can he continue to do this going forward at his age? I don't see any reason next season why it shouldn't be. I had a great debate with somebody who I have a lot of respect for in hockey as well, where I said, you know, part of the reason why he had so many points and did all this is because he was on a bad team and he kind of had to to be their offensive guy for them. If he's on Boston... He probably doesn't have that many points because he doesn't have to be that guy. And but is, is, is he still 75, 80 points? Oh, guy? for sure. Probably. Like, so Point of game, no which question. Is amazing, yeah, yeah, which is amazing. Yeah. So if you're a contending team looking to get him, I don't think the fair benchmark would be what he did this year. Mm-hmm. It's elite control the game when you're on the ice, like puck possession monster. And he's better defensively than I think he gets credit for. So as a Sabres market, we don't want Montreal to get him because the next two, three years. <laughs> what about Ottawa? Been, is that Ottawa, love affair? It seems Toronto, to still whatever, like, I'm like. We don't want him in a team that the Sabres will compete with because despite the fact that defensively he can make some mistakes, Mm -hmm. um, his offensive upside and his his play-controlling upside is way more than all the deficiencies. He's a plus player for sure. And even on San Jose, which they were terrible last year, goals for percentage of 5-on-5 above 50%, expected goals above 50%. Everyone else on the team, when he wasn't on the ice, all of that was like this, right? Yeah. So, like, let alone the actual metrics that we look at of his real contributions, there's, there, yeah, he'll be well, fine. Let, I mean, we've had a nice buildup. Uh, it, it feels like Marty and I here in the first hour just, you know, trying to ramp up the excitement um, as far as this year's draft class, mm-hmm. and especially when it does seem like such a wide net as far as uh, players available for the Sabres. But we're most curious with you joining us here, like, how, are, how has, has your view of kind of scouting and or ranking, um, you know, prospects changed and grown with all the information available? And and what are some of the determining factors you really, really hone in on? I can, I'm going to give the audience a little sneak peek here. You've got Oliver Moore up on your screen right now. So, I do. You, you know, he's, he's talking about. He's a, he's a yeah. guy that obviously has, has fallen into the potential for Buffalo with based around speed. But Marty and I were just having this discussion. Okay, well, how do you actually – compartmentalize and quantify speed like 
how does he use it and and where does he use it and where does it become most beneficial like take us through this this evolution of scouting as we approach night one of the draft yeah it, it is an evolution and um I, I was telling you guys in the commercial we had a our company hosted an analytics uh, meetup last night so a lot of team uh, analytics people there and um they're only there for the free food or they're there for the numbers uh, f- the free food went quick. Okay, good. Uh, it did. And, free uh, food helps the numbers yeah. on the bottom line. <laughs> yeah, so that's like it, it doesn't. Have, you we know, had a good turnout. Free, keeps, yeah. In this industry, free food and beer, you're going to get people. You're right? get people. It doesn't matter. So, um, but it was really good. And I think sometimes, at least in the media sense, you get you know, oh, this is an analytics team. This is an analytics yeah. team. And there's a few like it really is used a lot, especially at this time of year, by almost every team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're very capable at this point as well. So. There's a lot that goes into it. The one thing that I would impress, I guess, is um, I, I w- and look, I, I work for the company, right? The yeah. Sport Logic. Uh, I'm a big believer in what we do, obviously. There's no one answer. This is great information. It's tremendous information that goes into the decision making process. It's nothing to say, like, fire all your scouts because we got this now mm-hmm. um, or vice versa. You need both, and both are tremendously valuable. So for us, it's helpful. I would say um, as, a, as a, a benchmark of, you know, if let's say you're the director of, of amateur scouting and you're like, we've got this guy 25th. And I come to you and I say, we've got this guy 8th. Well, let's figure out the difference yeah. together and get fill in as many gaps as we can together. And that's what, that's what people are doing. How well, do can you, you give us well, a little? First of all, like I just, Duffer, you said, remember to ask this. So I talk about the Sabres and Kevin Adams and Jerry Fortin have been talking about hockey IQ and speed. Now, is there metrics that you can look at when you look at analytics that will give you an indication of hockey IQ and speed? Or is it more you got to watch the game because, you know, high danger chances, um, you know, uh, how do you score above your expectations or less? And s- systematic play may be more uh, data-driven. But hockey IQ and speed, is that data-driven as well? To a point, yes. It doesn't replace the being in the rink and watching the, the, everything unfold. Um, but it, absolutely, there's that component to it where we have inputs that we'll put into a model that to quantify hockey sense the best that we can. Okay. And there's value in that. You know, does this player um, make the right play on an entry or, or the highest probability play on an entry or a pass or a shot? Those are all things that would go into the way that you think the game, right, more or less. So we can do that to a point. And you can take that and say, okay, this is what we've got. Like, I've literally got hockey sense as a, as a thing here okay. that we're looking at. Um, but, again, it requires the human element as well of, of, okay, well, what team do they play for? Who does he play with? Mm-hmm. What are they trying to do in terms of their system that they play um, to, to fill it all in and, and ultimately get the most holistic view that you can? What does Oliver Moore present in your eyes when you look at his chart that's in front of you right now like yeah. what are the what are the standout things and then maybe we can go into a few others that that might be in the sabers realm but uh but you know just as people want to understand what you're looking at and evaluating a player what do you see there yeah the skating is the thing that jumps off the yeah. charts right and you watch him and you you see that as well but it, it, the same with what we value um i think if he's there for buffalo at 13 that would be a really interesting pick i don't know that he will be there but if he is absolutely somebody to, to consider um guy who knows how to get to the right areas of the of the ice um and as a good shot uh, he's a he's a great player we saw what he did um you know with the u.s team and, and yeah. his line mates and everything and 
if he's there at 13, it's like, you know, again, I don't want to call him undersized. Like, he's a little less than six. He's just, you know. Um, but taller than Bedard. <laughs> that's the thing. Bedard is like, he's we're going to start it. picking apart every other guy that's not six feet tall. Haven't we Bedard's, always? Yeah. Honestly, I can't get the but picking apart of John Tavares from, like, yeah. you know, with over with 15 Steve. years ago. I mean, it, even though he was an exceptional talent, by the time John got drafted, it was like, could we stop picking apart this young man? Like, I, I felt yeah. bad for him. And guess what? All he's done has been a point-of-game guy over the course of his career. Like, yeah. he was going to figure it out. And the, and the hockey IQ guys always figure it out, even if their shot isn't elite or their skating isn't elite. The, the hockey IQ changes the dynamic and elevates these yeah, guys. Yeah, and again, these are kids, right? They've got a long ways to go. Um, I think, you know, conversations I've had with people in hockey, the work that I've done, I think you can – improve hockey sense to a point mm-hmm. where you can improve a shot or even skating technique probably more of course it, right so uh would you value hockey sense in a young player maybe more than things that you think developmentally we can absolutely get this guy farther along probably it's a good thing to to look at um you know i wonder like nate danielson's a guy i really like mm-hmm. i wonder if he'll be available uh at at, at 13 for buffalo um kind of an elias lindholm type you know complete player whoever the sabers get at 13 they're getting a good player like Mm -hmm. however it shakes down it just it's it's going to depend on who's around uh, but do you think they should keep it or should they trade right now and try to enhance the current roster based on the fact that almost everyone seems like they should be in the market for a top 4d so if you're thinking that then trading the 13 would seemingly get you that top 4d yeah, and this is where it gets interesting for Buffalo, right? Because a few years ago, it's like, we got to build this thing up. Yep. But then you start getting a little frisky with like, oh, we were close last year to getting in. We really like the progression of our young guys. Do we start kind of going for it now? And um, there's been teams that have kind of expedited the process because they've just gotten there quicker than they thought they would. Mm-hmm. Trading 13, like outright, he's gone for a roster player. I don't know if I'd go that route. I still think you're getting a really good player at 13. I still think <laughs> Buffalo's like building towards bigger and better, consistent perennial playoff team and also eventually cup contender. But that's the, the debate again is how do you compare the numbers that you get through sports logic and, and, and really digging into the numbers and say, this is an NHL player and there is the, the data that we're getting that we are going to study and the prospect and their data. How do you compare those two and put them on the same platform to be able to evaluate? Are, are they different just because of the maybe you don't get as much uh, available numbers at the junior rank or in the European mm-hmm. ranks? Or, or do you get the same things, the same type of reports for both prospect and NHL players? Yeah, uh, our, us now, we have um, more data from more leagues and more complete data than we've ever had. We have okay. full CHL, um, uh, USHL. We, we, we've got more than we've ever had. So it in terms of comparing guys uh, at, at their same ages, it's very useful, helpful. In terms of projecting, is that what the, you do? Like, if you look at a prospect, Adam Fantilli, let's say, yeah. and you say, okay, well, let's compare him to player X at the same age that is now a bona fide superstar in the NHL. Do you do that and go back in years and see how to compare them at the same age? Uh, well, that's a great exercise, and it's something that now that we've had several years of complete data, we're, start, we're able to do more completely than we ever have. And that's the way to do it. It's not to say, hey, this guy's you know, junior stats look a lot like Braden Point's NHL stats. Okay. That's not apples to apples, but what was right. Braden Point doing? That's exactly it, okay. right? 
Um, and that's, so Rasmus Dahlin in a few years will be like compared to the what did Rasmus Dahlin do in his draft year compared right. to a potential first overall defenseman, and then they'll use that to be able to compare a little bit of the two. One way to do it, yeah, and the other way is to evaluate um, and account for leagues. So you could mention a guy like uh, Adam Fantilli. Yep. Um, you could mention Oliver Moore, who played you know U.S. You could mention uh, you know Dvorsky, wh- whatever. Um, you can kind of look at scoring rates, which is a, a pretty surface level thing at least, and account for league strength and try to make it as apples to apples as you can. It's, an, again, an inexact science here, but um, there's a lot of ways to try to account for these things, to try to benchmark, okay, these players are coming from different places, different quality of competition, teammates, etc. How can we try to level that as much as we can? Also, again, like you said, what were NHL guys um, – with similar profiles at that age, what are they doing now? And is that a this way to is, look this at This is it? really interesting because now you're talking about league strengths and all of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to – today is one word Tuesday here on Sabres Live. So okay. um, I've actually petitioned the Sabres brass to draft more players from the queue um, because Shocker. I said the best players are from the Quebec League. <laughs> uh, but if I was to tell you the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, for example, what's the one word that would come up when it comes to um, something that stands out about that league? Offense. 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 Hey! What about the OHL? Um, God, see? top of my head. I, yeah. See? I don't know. The OHL's hard Too many me. things. The, the OHL's hard. Yeah, I don't know that there's that the one thing. Probably the more rounded thing. Yeah. And what's Western? What's the WHL? Well, farm boys. Farm boys, like big, strong, Intangibles. Well, I'm going to say, like, for example, what about the players that are playing NCAA? What mm-hmm. is the one word that you would say about that league? Uh... I mean, it's gotten a heck of a lot better I'll, over I'll go recent with years, growth. that's for sure. Growth. Yeah. Maturity. That's a, it's a, right, Mature exactly. league. Yeah. Like Matthew Wood, Matthew, Matthew, Matthew Wood at Connecticut it was the youngest player in the NCAA this year. How do you look at the numbers and compare them to other players in the NCAA when he is the youngest player playing against 23, 24-year-olds there, like, is that an exercise that's hard to do? Um, it's necessary. And, like, I don't mean to, like, not give answers. You talk about these yeah. leagues. I just don't really general. Like, you can – we all know about the Q, right, and what it kind of yeah. is. I love but, that you, yeah. you said offense. The Q has got offense. Right. But we so shouldn't generalize. At, I think that's the whole point. And you also could look at goaltenders. You no, know, maybe it's past that, but you can also look at goaltenders in that way. Sure. Hey, if you're an agent for a goalie in the Q, you say, hey, it's a high-scoring league. My yeah. guy's really good. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but I, players are different, and there's players that are elite offensive players in other leagues or whatever. I don't. Yeah. That's why. But I understand your point. Um, yeah, age is a consideration. I mean, there's a player this year um, who has been through the draft once already, who, who will likely be somewhat of a high pick, and we factor in the fact that he is a year older. Okay. Um, so while he might have very impressive metrics in a lot of areas, you do consider the fact that he's got a year on some other guys and. Um, all those things that go into the equation of essentially trying to make this as apples to apples as you can, even though it isn't, mm-hmm. um, to just get an objective view of what the player sh- kind of is now, where you think it can translate. Um, but that's the fun part, talking to scouts as, as well um, and people in hockey that don't come from this background, yeah. is getting their viewpoint on what translates and what doesn't. Um, there are guys now that might have great kind of counting stats and metrics of puck possession, all these things that we know – wow, if you could do that in the NHL, you're a superstar. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have deficiencies in your game that aren't going to allow you to do that in the pro game. Mm-hmm. Um, this is why it's, you know, it's a big puzzle piece. Yeah. Um, Mike and Mike Kelly from NHL Network is with us and Sport Logic, of course. Um, 
as we have our one word Tuesday here and we've asked people, you know, what they, you know, kind of the traits uh, that they would like to see in the Sabres first pick tomorrow at 13th overall, as you can imagine, there's still a large component and especially after what we saw in the Stanley Cup final, um, a large component of fans that want to see physicality, truculence, toughness, toughness, whatever you name. So I ask you, among your analysis, is there growth (laughs) in finding ways to quantify that? How do you you view traits like that within numbers, and, and what do you see? Well, height and weight uh, yeah. would be a starting The basics, point. yeah. <laughs> the basics. Um, I'm always careful with that. And I, I, the sense that I've got kind of being down here and talking to people is I don't know that there's such an appetite for smaller guys uh, because of what Vegas has done and because mm-hmm. of what Florida had done. And it is a copycat league. And, um, you know, you, you could look at players like, um, you know, Zach Benson and, and – Brandon Yeager, those the smaller guys, super skilled guys, like on talent alone, surefire top 10 picks. Mm-hmm. You know, like Benson, in, in terms of talent, could be a five or a six, but is he mm-hmm. going to go there because that perceived thing at least might work against him given the climate? Um, it, it's a consideration, but like Ryan Leonard is kind of the maybe the that guy who can be that big kind of physical, you know, player that teams would be seeking right now. Maybe he goes a little higher than than um otherwise but uh sure puck battles um yeah there, there's there's things we can quantify like just engagement physically in in different areas of the game mm-hmm. um that can give you a sense of of a player and look i brought i brought up Braden point before like that's the one thing you could say okay there's a really talented player who's 510 and he's a center how many 510 centers are in the nhl mm-hmm. there's not many um but there's exceptions to rules Braden point is consistently at the top of the league in terms of engaging and winning puck battles every year mm-hmm. uh, he's not a big guy so there's a skill as well um i i try not to get too hung up on the whole size thing because well we've well, just seen too you, many exceptions to the rule as well but, but like if you could have quantified that let's see when matthew kachuk was drafted mm-hmm. yeah okay he went six overall i just pulled it up because i'm like who was in front of him again Obviously, Austin Matthews was number one. There was no debate. He was going to be there. But they went Patrick Laine, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Jesse Puyarvi, Oli Ulevi, and then Matthew Kachuk. That's a tough one for the... Vancouver Canucks yeah. with Oli Ulevi. Yeah. Um, it's also a tough one with the Edmonton Oilers with Jesse Puyarvi. I mean, yeah. can you imagine Connor McDavid, Matthew Kachuk, Leon Dreisaitl on that team? Uh, but yeah. was there a aspect of Matthew Kachuk's game that could not be quantified through data that should have been able to and probably put him in the top three, right? And maybe second overall when you redo the draft. Uh, I'd have to go back and look at that specific yeah. example. I'm not sure. I mean, the thing with uh, the Kachuks. Um, Brady's the same thing, I was, right? So, so here's where I was wrong. Um, I, was, I, I, was, I thought Brady went higher than I, I expected. Okay. Not by much, but um, He's turned out to be everything and more you could hope him to be, yeah. right? Right. Um, Matthew's a more skilled player. They're both incredibly effective, great players and, and bring similar elements in certain ways. But um, the, the, here's the thing with, like, Matthew. We saw what he just went through. His arm's in a sling. I was yeah. talking to him last night. Like, he's, yeah, he, was, he, was, he couldn't dress himself, and he's playing. Yeah. How do you quantify that? Yeah. Right. Um, you can't. You can't. 
He, you the know, guy he, has a crack sternum and he's still playing. Pain, pain like, threshold. Yeah. Well, that's one, one to ten. Yeah, yeah, it's absurd. <laughs> but like you know, they come from Keith, and we know what Keith yeah. was as a player. Yeah. Um, so there's there's bloodlines there that, yeah, you could probably be pretty sure these guys are going to be warriors, and and that's what they turned out to be. Um, there's no perfect way to do it, mm-hmm. and you know, somebody who uh, has a lot of experience in this field uh, put it to me once: the only thing he's certain of is he's going to be wrong every year. Uh, yeah, uh, and <laughs> you're going to be right sometimes too. Um, but that's what makes it fun for me yeah. is is trying to get as far along as you can to make the best um, picks possible as often as possible, which still is not a lot. Yeah. Sabres pick 13th tomorrow, and then on day two, uh, right out of the blocks with picks 39 and 45. We'll see how it plays out. Mike, great to see you today. Thanks for having me, guys. Mike Kelly from NHL Network and Sport Logic will continue our Sabres live coverage from Nashville. Site of this year. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date to Detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. First draft right after this. That's what the Sabres are going to do. Nope. I have a feeling Why? Connor Bedard goes first, Adam oh, Fintilli goes second, and then after that, I have zero feeling. And I, look, last year I remember being in Montreal in the uh, concourse, Duffer, you and I, right where everybody walked in. Mm-hmm. I even, this is the craziness of how things work. I ran into my, my billet, my billet's son from when I was uh, 16 years old playing midget AAA. He came over right in Montreal, ran into so many people. And then the Slavkowski pick happened, and then it was like the rest of the draft was where is right going, what's happening. Mm-hmm. I think this year we can pretty much be sure one and two, and then after that it's like anything could happen. Where is Matvey Mitchkov going? Where is Will Smith going? What is happening with these picks that it may be three, four, five, six, seven? And the fact that the Sabres are in that, as Chris Baker says, the domino effect type of selection between mm-hmm. seven and fourteen, any picks in those those that that range could make the draft go one way or the other. Um, that's going to be interesting. I was talking to a couple of you know hockey people yesterday about goaltending, right? And I, I'm not sure there's really a lot of higher end goaltenders, mm-hmm. but there's maybe two or three that once 
one of them gets picked, you're yeah. going to see the next one and the next one right away after or close to. Definitely not going to be a talking point tomorrow. Though. Not going to be a talking point tomorrow, but it will be on Thursday. And so, but it's the same thing with round one tomorrow is where is that first domino falling? And well, that I, is going to be the, the, uh, the way that the draft is going to fall is, is definitely going to happen around, I believe, five, six, seven. There's going to be a big domino in that point. Well, you wanted to know earlier, not that it's of uh, great relevance now, but you were obsessing over it. So you saw that uh, the Pittsburgh writer um, from the Tribune, Seth Robot, was the one that uh, voted Connor McDavid. Not a Boston writer, uh, but we did get uh, also confirmation that a writer from a Providence. No, the province. The province? Oh, is it the province? I, I read the Providence. I was like, maybe it's just me. But um, okay, so somebody from the province, mm-hmm. that's what it is. Patrick Johnson from the province gave Skinner a fifth place Lady Bing vote. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to this guy. He, his life must be filled with bright colors and joy and laughter 24 mm-hmm. 7 to be able to see that come through um so as far as the other news today sorry i'm having uh, connection issues so uh, what else is uh, pressing what do you make of the kevin hayes one I, I i mean i get it half the price ends up being a smaller deal philadelphia st louis or yeah. should we just move off of that i mean well, like, listen, that, that means there's going to be secondary deals, right? Because Travis Sanheim was a pick, a, a, not a pick, a player yes. that was rumored to move out of Philadelphia, maybe yeah. if there was a Tory Krug transaction. So, again, that's the dominoes of the defense. Well, now it opens market. up a whole bunch of other teams that want to continue their pursuit of Sanheim because he's not included because in the deal. Because he's not included in the yeah. deal. And now yeah. it's like, oh, maybe there's teams. And listen, people are going to say, how in this day and age does this happen? But you would be surprised how often... A team is like, oh, I didn't even know Travis Sanheim was on the market. I am going to call now. That's why Kevin Adams always says I'm in on every conversation because mm-hmm. he literally is calling on everybody. But who wouldn't be? I'd like. A, There's I, people that don't. Yeah. There's people that are like, we like our team. We're not going to do anything. And then they're like, oh, Travis Sanheim's available? Let's mm-hmm. call. Let's see. So then it opens up new doors. Or maybe at first the price was too high on Travis Sanheim because right. it ended up being, well, we want Tory Krug in return. But now, well, we got to go to the second offers or third offers. And it's, uh, it's like bidding on a house, right? It's like, oh, come back with a different offer or let's make it happen. So um, there's other teams that will be engaged. But that, again, starts the domino effect. I'm really intrigued to see what happened with... We've talked about LA Winnipeg. Noah Hennepin. Oh, with Noah yeah, Hennepin. Yes. Noah Hennepin, uh, Brett Pesci. Like those are two big names. Even though it's focus on the draft, mm-hmm. these names have not come up on my timeline for you know the better part of the the, the start of the week and the weekend. So I I need to know where is Calgary on all of this? Where is Carolina on all of this? They just Carolina just resigned Jordan Stahl. They're yes. making business. They're look. If Brett Pesci is not signing. Or close to signing by July 1 or by the draft, they may be looking to move. Yeah, and I mean, for whatever reason, they want D'Angelo back also. So that thing hit a snag with Carolina and Philadelphia. But that's going to happen. So the snag that I'm hearing. Yeah, but we don't know for sure that it's going to happen. But the other thing you have to keep in mind with Carolina, well, I mean, we don't know this. They could conceivably have Max Pacioretty, right? They could have Max Pacioretty back. But before we go, the, the Tony D'Angelo thing right now is that because there was a buyout and then a signature done, the player cannot return to the original team 
um, for a year, within a year. Mm -hmm. So the year hasn't like exhausted itself yet. So the the understanding is that Tony D'Angelo will make his way back to the Carolina Hurricanes, mm -hmm. um, but there's needs to be more time to uh, like to run out before that can happen. So there is a cap circumvention that will be fixed with time. So we expect that to happen. But again, so when Carolina finalizes this and if Tony D'Angelo goes back to Carolina, does that make Brett Pesci more expendable because now they've just yes. like, killed their the defense? Yes, the answer is yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the answer is 100% right yes. Right line is, huh? like, I'm thinking Brett Pesci is five times the player that Tony D'Angelo is. Well, I think that might be overstating it, but he might be a little bit better. I like to overstate things. I know. And I appreciate that. A little bit better, I say that's understating it. Okay. Then why don't you overstate <laughs> and or overreact to the potential haul by the Winnipeg Jets if they do, in fact, unload um, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Often unhappy Pierre-Luc Dubois to L.A. for a package that could include Velarde, Ayafalo, Kapari. Yes. Like, how do you view that? Is that so, a win for Winnipeg? It, uh, or is it exactly what both sides need at this point? I think it, it's okay. I'm going to go right down the middle and say this is exactly what both sides would need at this yeah. point. I do think that it's a very high price to pay for Pierre-Luc Dubois. And I think Pierre-Luc Dubois, 24 years old, mm -hmm. could be a fantastic player and has shown signs of being a fantastic player, but has had this... Very tumultuous start to his career with Columbus. Then he gets traded for Patrick Liney, goes to because he wanted out of Columbus, mm -hmm. goes to Winnipeg. Now says, I want out of Winnipeg. Like, I, I mean, history is bound to repeat itself, right? And then he's going to get Not once to, you get to the bright lights, though. Typically, the, the, those types of players end up being pretty happy when they land in big markets. In big so. markets. But is the production going to be... Like the, the, well, he's the, walking the into factor. a pretty, I don't want to say stacked, but a very good team. Ellie's, Ellie would be paying a premium price, mm -hmm. not only with the, the, the trade assets that you're giving up in potentially Velarde, Ayafalo. Right, but there, there's still lots, like when, just by the simple subtraction of Velarde and Ayafalo, uh, and obviously, he, like, he's walking into a place where he's going to have a significant role. Yep. And Kopitar is nearing the contract. Remember, Kopitar is nearing the end. He's not at the end yet, but he's nearing the end, which is why this makes sense for them to have now Dubois and uh, Philip Deneau. Yes. And like See, so it, it, has yes. been, it has been Kopitar and Deneau, and now the hope would be that in the future it will be Dubois and Deneau. And there was seemingly so much depth with L.A. that, you know, when Velarde had injury issues – like there, there's there's been talent trying to work its way up the lineup here, so I think this is a natural evolution, and it could be the ultimate way to fill their spots down the middle if they land Dubois. So, but the LA Kings' salary structure right now is basically that of Anze Kopitar at ten million on one year left, and Drew Doughty eleven million and forever for four more seasons, right? <laughs> yes. So yes, I get that, but Drew Doughty has has played to a certain level now. Drew's fine, yeah. That is. Maybe not eleven million dollar defenseman, but I mean, yeah. could we say he's a nine million dollar defenseman? Nobody would sneeze at it. Like it's it's fine, right? It's yeah, it's it's good enough. But I look, Pierre Luc Dubois. Don't would forget, they've got the 
Brant Clark coming. Like, that's the whole point. Yes. Like, their defense is going to look their pretty dynamic is, here again, even, you know. Their defense so, is fine. Yeah. And now they have to figure out their goaltending, and that's the question in L.A. But if they brought in Pierre-Luc Dubois, it would fit in right nicely in L.A. I just think there's a few red flags. One is the fact that he's already been through two franchises, and he's only 24 years old. Mm-hmm. And two is that... Is he worth the money that you would have to pay him? If he really wants $9 million a year, like, can you get 90, get him for lower. 90 points a year, 85 points a year, a point a game? Is he that level? You don't level? think he's getting to that salary. I, I wouldn't pay him. I think that. he'll get seven and a half, and he'll give him seventy okay. points. So seven oh. and a half is a complete different ballpark than the eight and a half and nine. Mm-hmm. I think seven and a half. What's Fiala at seven eight? Seven eight. Yeah. Seven eight seven five. So, but again, that's okay. So. The rumored team for Pierre-Luc Dubois, LA Kings, the Montreal Canadiens. Mm-hmm. There's no way Montreal can match the return that has been speculated that what LA is offering for Pierre-Luc Dubois. Montreal doesn't have the prospect pool that LA does and doesn't have the, the roster players and not in, a, not in a position to say, hey, we're moving forward with you know, our team and our organization if they were to try to match what Ellie's offering. So to me, it makes sense that Ellie's there. But then, okay, so Winnipeg would be done with Pierre-Luc Dubois getting a really good return for it. Now you turn to Connor Hellebuck, and you probably have a significant return for Connor Hellebuck if you want to move him. And your team is looking a lot different. Mm-hmm. Your team is looking a lot different. You probably buy out Blake Wheeler. Like, the Winnipeg Jets next year are going to be a different team. There's no doubt about it. They will, and they'll have little impact on the Sabres because they're not within the conference. What team is Buffalo going to trade with that will impact the Sabres within their conference this year? And will that 13th pick be involved? I, I don't think the 13th pick is going to be involved. No? I, I, I don't think it is. Um, How many times am I going to ask you this tomorrow? I, you're going to continue to ask me. I think I'll stick to it. Now, would I throw in a first-round pick next year? Absolutely. Um, because I'm also thinking that if the Sabres do it right, mm-hmm. their first-round pick next year easily be in the 20s, right? It, because, yeah. because of their, their success in the season, you get to the playoffs, you, you go in, and all of a sudden you're – pick slides down and that's what you want to do so throwing in a first round pick next year would to me have a great value because a team may say oh good we have a first round pick next year Mm -hmm. Um, but if it's 23 or 24 as opposed to 13 i think the sabers would be a winner right there all right we'll take a quick time out and back to wrap the extended first extended version of sabers live this week in nashville right after this on wgr sports radio 550 and msg stay with us Sabres Live, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. We're having way too much fun here in Nashville, uh, so much so that we've left extra time in our final segment. Normally, we're right up against the clock as soon as we come out of it. And do you remember the previous incarnation of this show? Yes, you do. When they used to do I Will Remember You. Uh, Yes. (laughs) We we could bring back that segment. I'm sadly thinking of... The 2023 draft and our dear friend Shana Goldman's oh. experience <laughs> as she, like so Judah many of Sarah us, like so many song. of us dealing with airport woes in the modern day world, Shana from The Athletic, our Friday staple, who we're, we're ho- we were hoping to have in person here at the draft on the show. Long delays yesterday, unable to make it. 
doesn't look good for Shayna being here at this year's draft. And that is uh, very unfortunate. Now, it was not her fault because obviously you <laughs> book a flight and your flight gets canceled or delayed and then you get stranded and you just uh, stay home. Now, I had a story yesterday and a, a good friend of mine, Stefan LaRue, who does RDS work and has done junior work and prospect work for years, he got up yesterday morning in Montreal to find out that his flight was delayed mm. and that he, they were going through Washington to come through Nashville. So he was worried he wasn't going to make his connection from, Nash, from Washington, from Montreal to Washington and to, in time for his flight to Nashville. Mm -hmm. So he decided to book himself a flight from Washington to Chicago and then Chicago to Nashville. Mm. Nobody else in his group did. But he went ahead and was like, I'm going to do it myself. Kind of like me going to the VIP tent. So, exactly. Yeah. But when they got to Washington yesterday after long delays in Montreal, their flight from Washington to Nashville was delayed as well. Oh, no. So they were able to get on. Well, last night at 9 p.m., Stéphane LaRue was still in Washington waiting oh, no. for his flight to, to Chicago. Chicago. And oh, then no. Chicago to Nashville. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, so he thought goodness. he was smart by rerouting himself. Yeah. Just so happened, everybody else made it here, and he was still oh. in Washington waiting to go to Chicago and then Nashville. No news yet from the Sabres here at this draft in Nashville. Now, Kevin Adams, general manager, will be talking with the media here in the next little bit, so make sure you stay tuned to the Sabres social channels for that. And we encourage you to continue to stay with us for our expanded coverage of the NHL draft in Nashville this week. Tomorrow night, we will be on the air on Facebook and Twitter for immediate reaction to yes. Buffalo's pick in round one. Will it be at 13? Will they trade the pick? Will they move up? Will they move back? Chris Baker will be along to analyze the pick if and when it is ultimately made. And, of course, we kick things off today. We'll continue it Wednesday and Thursday with two-hour shows from noon to two on Sabres Live. Tomorrow, we expect to have live joining us GM Kevin Adams, uh, Buffalo News writer Lance Lysowski, Flow Hockey's Chris Peters, probably Darren Dreger as well, so it'll be a jam-packed show and obviously inching closer to draft time and at that Thursday, moment in time. Because yes. we are getting closer to free agency in this day, too, we mm. will have James Finch of AFB Analytics, who's been providing us with great numbers when it comes to contract projection yes. and contracts that have actually happened. He will join us at 1 p.m. on the show, so we'll be able to talk about, well, it's day two of the draft, but more more importantly, was there trades? Mm -hmm. Are we now looking ahead to Saturday and free agent frenzy starting at noon on Saturday, July 1, which is back on July 1 this year again? It is, believe it or not. <laughs> it's funny how the calendar has returned to its normal form. Um, is it a 24-hour window, July 1st this year, or is it like a little longer than normal? What for? Is July 1st actually 24 yes, hours? Yes, no, it starts at noon this year. It doesn't start at midnight. <laughs> That's right. July 1st starts it, it, at it noon. essentially does start at noon. Yes. I should have known that, but it's been a while. Um, <laughs> what, are, what, what is the big expectation now for the rest of the day? Based on the rumors that are out there, um, like let's say L.A. and Winnipeg get this deal, in fact, finalized. Like how quickly does L.A. continue then its pursuit of a goaltender? And how, in some ways, surprised are you? that if L.A. and Winnipeg are doing a deal that doesn't involve Connor Hellebuck? I think that the big uh, hiccup here is that, well, okay, they would get Pierre-Luc Dubois to give him a new contract, which would not kick in this year, would kick in next year, but it's the same thing with uh, Connor Hellebuck. Mm -hmm. His contract for next season is set, but looking long-term for the L.A. Kings, it's going to be tough. Now, I've had multiple conversations with people around yesterday saying, look, it, Connor Hellebuck is going to be 31 years old when the new contract would kick in. Mm -hmm. uh, nine million, nine and a half million is too much. It's too 
too much. And if they want that, it's going to take a while for Winnipeg to be able to make that deal. Yeah. Connor Hellebuck and his camp have to come off the $9 million or $9.5 million want that they are asking right now and probably more in the 7 to $8 million range if they want something to get done. Where's the Brinkett going to go? The Brinkett, um, this is going to be very tricky. I fully expect him to be uh, under contract with the Ottawa Senators after yep. arbitration this year and then the trade. All right, we'll see you tomorrow on Sabres Live. Stay with the Sabres social channels today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.